The trade deadline in your fantasy league is coming up and you want to get the following players off your team as soon as possible. And we can start with DeAndre Hopkins, who look, this was the second highest scoring player, not just wide receiver player this past week, only behind CD Lamb. Hopkins put up about 35 fantasy points going over 100 yards and scored three different times in the rookie Will Levis's debut. And now for the past month of the season, we've seen a few strong performances from him as he seems healthy because it kind of went under the radar for the first month of the season that he was dealing with an injury, but he came back in week five, got his full time role at least getting ramped back up saw 34 percent of the targets had a big game we just saw the big game in week eight and now over this three game stretch of being healthy he's earned 25 percent of the targets according to our official data partner fantasylife.com this is all free by the way you could use it as well and now on the season hopkins ranks 13th in wide receiver target share and 19th in efficiency look i don't have to tell you that he's an elite talent and this season when he's been healthy he's been a solid fantasy option for you but it's worth trying to sell him after this big game and all of the hype that the rookie will levis is getting because odds are he'll come back down to earth after his historic first game in the NFL. I don't think that on 29 passes, he's going to continue to have over 25 fantasy points and four touchdowns. And it's worth mentioning that in week eight in this game, he only saw a 20% target share from Will Levis, which is solid, but it's not elite. It's not going to typically generate the production that he saw in this past game. He just happened to turn his six targets, which is average volume. Half of them went for touchdowns. So I'm not going to trade Hopkins unless I can get a good piece back. Maybe somebody like a Garrett Wilson or a T Higgins, who I have ranked higher in my rest of season rankings. Now let's discuss another veteran receiver and Tyler Lockett who bounced back in week eight with a solid 22 point performance. Lockett had his first big game since week two against the Detroit Lions and in this one he went for 22 points on nine targets. He basically led the team in receiving yards and fantasy production. But it's a difficult situation for Lockett in this offense because so far in his age 31 season we've just been seeing basically all year his efficiency and ability to get open decline. And it's happening at maybe the worst time because as of this past week DK Metcalf finally looked healthy. Jackson Smith the jig was rolled the last three weeks has only increased Metcalf just saw a season high 39% of the targets, 14 total targets this past game in the first game where he got ramped back up to his most overall routes run since week one dealing with injuries. And Jackson Smith Najigba has ran 76% of the routes the last three games. The first round pick is more involved. Now this past week, all three of them got there because Jackson Smith Najigba found the end zone. DK had the heavy volume and Lockett had a little bit of both, but that's not always going to be the case. And as of right now, it seems that it's a clear alpha number one wide receiver for DK Metcalf in this offense when you just look at his target shares when healthy and when you look at his usage not only downfield but in the red zone now i do think that tyler lockett is still a fine option for you if you just wanted to hold on to him but why not try and upgrade him if you can and float him out there in some trades off of this big week because right now he ranks 63rd at beating man coverage that's about 25 to 30 percent of his routes he'll see man coverage last year in this metric he was top five so i'd look to trade him for deontay johnson but trades at the same position could be a little bit weird for wide receivers are you really advancing your team if not maybe try and get james connor who has one more week on the ir now let's discuss rashad white we talked about him last week and once again in week eight he delivered as a receiver because White caught all seven of his targets from Baker Mayfield. He had 70 receiving yards at led to. He had almost 18 fantasy points. And now over the last two games, he's had 13 total receptions, catching 100% of the targets coming his way. But there is an issue here, and it's pretty clear he continues to struggle on the ground as he had just 39 yards on nine carries on Thursday Night Football last week. And this is a concern because it's not going to always be the case that he catches 100% of his targets and he averages over 10 yards per catch like he has these past two games. Now, don't get me wrong, the reason why White has been producing is because he's had such a great role. He is sixth in running back snaps, 11th in opportunity share right here. What this means is he's earning 70% of his backfield's targets and touches, borderline top 10. But this can only 
only keep up for so long if you're not going to be productive on the ground. Eventually, the coach is going to have to try and get some more guys involved. And that's a concern for White because when he doesn't have these five plus reception games, he's averaging under eight fantasy points per contest. And one guy who could get more involved is the veteran Chase Edmonds who returned from injury in week eight and immediately saw over 20% of the rush attempts in a game where he was limited. It was told that he was going to be limited in this one. There's a chance that he starts to see 30 or 40% moving forward. And Rashad White doesn't have the easiest of schedules coming up. He has a matchup against the Titans and then the 49ers on the horizon. If you look at a little bit more down the road, it's the Atlanta's number one run defense. So three out of his next six games are against top five run defenses and defensive line. I'd look to sell him for somebody like Zay Flowers or Nico Collins if you can buy low on those players. And now let's talk about a guy who you might be inclined to sell, but I want you to hold him. And also 65% of people who watch this channel are not subscribed. So just take two seconds to double check that you are. It helps me out and allows you to see my future content more easily. Now, the guy you might be inclined to sell is Jahan Dotson, who just had his first big game of the season going over 20 fantasy points. But I want to tell you, hold on to him. This was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to have a second year breakout. And there's a lot of season left for that to happen. And maybe week eight was just the start of this. Because as a rookie, he goes for over 500 yards when only playing in 12 games. And in half of these games, he finished as a top 24 wide receiver, leading the team with seven touchdowns. But through the first month and a half of the season, there just wasn't much chemistry with Sam Howell until these past few games. Because as you can see on Fantasy Life right here, Dotson has seen seven or more targets in back-to-back -back games. He had eight targets in week seven, nine or 10 targets, depending on the data source that you're using for week eight. So he's been averaging eight and a half targets per game, and this fueled his massive week eight. And here's what he did in week eight. He goes over 100 yards. This was arguably probably was his best game as a professional, seeing nine or 10 targets, depending on where you look against a beatable Philadelphia secondary. This was good to see. And the reason why I think he can keep it up is because we're slowly seeing that volume increase. Curtis Samuel is dealing with an injury, and this team just loves to throw the ball. They lead the NFL throwing 72% of the time, and they're operating in 11 personnel, 66% of the time, as you can see right here, which just keeps Dotson on the field in the far majority of situations. So you might be tempted to trade the second year player after he hasn't really had a big week until now. You're trying to sell high on him. I would say just hold on to him right now because you might be getting that seventh round value that you drafted him for a couple months ago. Now, one player I'm going to continue to say to trade, it seems like every single week is Cortland Sutton. This guy's season is just absurd. He now has five touchdowns in his last six games. But if you look at it, he really only has had one game where he's seen elite volume and it wasn't even all that much volume. He hasn't topped seven or more targets since week three. And look at this right here. His target shares have basically been 17, eight, 19. He had a 32% target share a week in a week where they didn't throw much. So that was only six targets. He hasn't really seen elite volume. Now, despite not seeing elite volume, he's gone over 10 fantasy points in seven of his last eight games because of the touchdown streak. Right now, he's only earning about 22% of his team's targets, which ranks 38th in the NFL. And it is dead last out of any of the wide receivers in the top 25 in scoring like Sutton is. I mean, this is how hot he's been right now. A 16% touchdown rate. That's 16% of his touches are going for a touchdown is three, almost four times as much as the NFL average. Just think about it this way. He's had eight red zone targets this year and it's translated to six touchdowns eventually this is going to stop and that's kind of indicated based on where his expected fantasy points are because according to player profiler his expected fantasy points based on his role and all the targets and routes and where he's running his routes he's expected to be the 44th wide receiver in scoring right now he's 31st in points per game when you filter out the players with smaller samples who have had like one big game and it's skewing it he's actually top 25 in points per game but his role indicates that he should be 44th meaning that he's going to trend downward unless some things change and don't get me wrong credit for him for scoring these touchdowns and getting open and making big and some really impressive catches but you should try and trade high on him while you can i'd sell him for somebody like a deontay johnson or across different positions kyron williams who should be back in two games and for the second straight week i want to tell you to sell daryl henderson because he had another serviceable week it wasn't a massive week but a serviceable week in week eight which keeps his value somewhat high henderson went out there and scored 11 and a half fantasy points so now he's averaging nearly 13 points per game his first two contests and he had 15 touches he had 85 yards because he had a big 30 yard catch it kind of skewed some things up now he split the snaps with royce freeman in week seven played a couple more snaps in Freeman, but that switched in week eight 
where he played less snaps than Freeman. Because as you can see right here, Royce Freeman played 52% of the snaps. This was a game where they trailed massively the entire time, basically to the Cowboys. So Freeman was in there more on passing downs. And now that's important because Matthew Stafford was injured last week and he's probably going to miss a couple of weeks based on the report you can see right here from a doctor on Twitter. Jeff Mueller says it's a confirmed UCL sprain on his thumb, likely out several weeks, which if this is the case, the Rams are probably going to trail even more, which means maybe some more Royce Freeman like we saw this past week in passing situations. And it also means that Brett Ripon is likely to be starting for at least a week or two, really these last couple of games until Kyron William returns. And that's going to lead to less red zone drives and most likely less efficient of an offense compared to when Matthew Stafford was the quarterback that hurts Henderson. Now, I don't think you're going to be trading Henderson one for one for guys, but just throw him in there as an add-on piece into some of your deals where people think they're getting a starting running back. It's really only for like another one or two weeks and he's in a split backfield. Plus he hasn't been all that great. He just had a touchdown and one big catch. He's only averaging 3.3 yards per carry. I'd trade him honestly for somebody like Zay Jones, who's going to be coming back from injury. And I'm also looking to deal George Kittle, who had another massively scoring week, the highest scoring tight end in week eight for the second time this season. Kittle has now been a top three scoring tight end three times this year, but two of those games, there was no Debo Samuel in one and no Brandon Ayuk in the other. In his other contest this year, he's experienced some serious lows. Check out his game logs. In week one, he had under five fantasy points. Week two, six. Week four, under two fantasy points. And then he does it again in week six, where he only has one fantasy point. Look, the position isn't all that great. So some weeks you'll get these bad weeks, but most tight ends are performing bad. And when the weeks when you got massive performances, it's solid for you. I understand that. But I just look to trade him for somebody like Sam Laporta, who you probably can after Kittle's been dominant in two out of his last three games, if you're looking for a more stable piece at the position. But like we mentioned earlier, trading same guys at the position doesn't really enhance any player's team, especially when they're in a similar tier. So I try and trade Kittle across different positions to guys who have just been struggling, but still are seeing volume like Devonta Smith, although he came through this past week, but Chris Olave is a nice target. Because as you can see right here, Kittle is fifth in fantasy points per game at the position, but just 17th in expected fantasy points because he's only averaging 4.6 targets per game. And once Debo comes back, it'll be harder for him to actually provide when all the guys are out there. So I'd be looking to get rid of Kittle, but I want to acquire this next asset. And that would be the fantasy blueprint that thousands of people are currently utilizing to try and win their fantasy championship. Every day of the week, I send you these tools right here. You can pause it and just check Monday through Friday with updates on the weekend, whether it's the game by game matchup notes, rest of season rankings, waiver wire tiers, you get it all. Here's an example of the game by game notes from last week. You could also filter it by position, but this is for the 49ers and Bengals game. You can see the quarterback breakdowns here of his defensive line against the secondary as well. You can see the wide receivers against cornerbacks where their speed advantages, their size, what the cornerbacks have done, and every single position, basically what the key stats are for that position across every fantasy relevant player. This is just a small snippet of what you get in the blueprint and to acquire it, it's really easy. You just scan the QR code on the screen or you click the link in the description below if you want to actually increase your chances of winning your fantasy championship. These are the two steps that you'll follow, but I want to point to your attention or point your attention right here. Look, it's just $5 for the rest of the season, the entire season. And if you don't make your fantasy playoffs for whatever reason, if it's a close league, if it's a competitive league, if it's an injury, I'll just refund that $5. No questions asked. So to get access to your risk-free fantasy blueprint today, just scan the QR code on the screen or click the link in the description below. And the next player I want to talk about is Jordan Addison. And there's a couple of things we have to point out here. Everything was going great for Addison until it wasn't. In three games without Justin Jefferson, Addison has ran 89% of the routes and he actually left one of these games a little bit early and banged up in week seven. So this would have been even higher into the mid nineties and earning 22% of the targets. And this has led to some really impressive performances these last three games without Jefferson, 21 points, 31 points where he was the number one scoring wide receiver on that week in week seven, and then 11 points. And if you were to scroll through here, he's had 11 or more fantasy points in every game, but one this season. And in that game, he had zero fantasy points. This is great for a rookie. He is a top 15 fantasy receiver this year who is over exceeding expectations because he's just been great. He's getting open, but also he does have seven touchdowns and those seven touchdowns as you can see right here he's scoring a touchdown on almost 21 percent of his touches which is four to five times more than the nfl average obviously it's a hot touchdown streak this will come down now the main thing working against him is he lost kirk cousins for the rest of the year josh dobbs will be his quarterback after week nine it's a short week when they traded for him so this is not the greatest 
of situations, but Dobbs did support the weapons in, for the Cardinals for a good amount of the weeks. James Conner when he was healthy, Trey McBride more recently, and Marquise Brown for the better part of the season. So I don't think this is a death sentence for Jordan Addison, and I'm definitely not selling low on him because of this Kirk Cousin news. I think he could still produce, especially since Jefferson should miss another two to four weeks. Based on how good he has been this season, and a little bit of that is because of the touchdown luck and having Kirk Cousins, I will try and see what I could get for him. If I can get a Garrett Wilson or a Mike Evans, I would do that. And I would also hold this next receiver. You might want to be trading Gabe Davis after he had a big week. And look, he's known to have these big up weeks and then some down weeks, a boomer bust receiver, but his usage was different this past game. Because check this out right here. According to Fantasy Life, his A dot, his average depth of target on the season, it's 13 yards downfield. Now, before this game, it was actually 15 and a half. But in this game, he saw a season low in A dot, 6.9 yards downfield, which means that these passes were more easily able to convert on. And he was picking up yards after the catch, which led to more stable production and a big week. And here's what he did in that big week. He had a season high 12 targets, led the team by far his most targets on the year by like three or four in a winnable matchup. Nine catches, also a season high. All this was fantastic to see. He was getting easy catches underneath and doing stuff after the catch. And now the Bills changed their offense. They lost Dawson Knox. He's on IR. That was one of their tight ends. So they went to more three wide receiver rotations, which led to Gabe Davis moving into the slot more. And his role changed as he was getting shorter area targets. And since this was successful, there's a chance we see this in future weeks as well, which if that's the case, we can see some more stable production for maybe the first time ever out of Gabe Davis. And it also helps that he has a pretty nice schedule these next couple games. A matchup against the Bengals bottom 10 secondary and which should be a higher scoring game. And then a matchup at home against the Broncos bottom five overall defense. And in a couple weeks, the Eagles, even though they're on the road, the Eagles secondary is more than beatable. They allow the third most points to wide receivers. So I know in the past I said the trade gave Davis, but we now have evidence and you always have to be changing your opinions based on the information we're getting. That's what makes you a better fantasy player. We now have evidence that maybe after this week, it's a one game sample, but his role could be changing. Now a player whose role is not changing at even after the bye week is Adam Thielen, who by his standards in 2023 just had a down week, but it was still a strong week overall. 11 targets, eight catches, goes over 70 yards. But look, there is still one main issue with Adam Thielen. And it's the fact that he's basically just relying on these 10 target games where he has to catch these seven yard passes. And that's all he's getting. Look right here, 83rd and average target distance. His average target, 7.8 yards downfield. He's not getting any deep targets. As you can see right here, he's 80th and downfield overall volume. And what this relies on is that he has to catch a lot of passes because he's not picking up yards after the catch. Now, obviously he's been able to sustain this major production. If you can see in this column right here in four of his last five games, he has at least 11 targets. So it has been going well for him, but he is an older receiver, 33 years old. This can slow down as the year goes on. Maybe he picks up some minor injuries and as defenses start to game plan around him more. Now, like Jordan Addison, I'm not looking to sell low on Adam Thielen. I still think he's a top 20 receiver the rest of the year, just not a top 10 to 15 guy. I'd be more than happy to trade him for guys like Calvin Ridley, Devonta Smith, and even Kyron Williams, who a lot of players might not think are as good as Thielen because he's been more consistent. But for the rest of the season, I'd rather have those guys. They're higher up in my rest of the season rankings. So these are the guys that you should try and trade away off your team. It doesn't mean they're bad players. It just means maybe you can recoup some more value for them for a playoff push. Now, your question might be, well, who should I trade them for? Well, I'm happy you asked because in this video right here, these are the guys you should be targeting before week nine in trades. And one more thing, if you're one of the 65% of people who are not subscribed, it takes two seconds just to double check, hit the subscribe button as we push towards 100,000 subscribers, and it will let you see my future content more easily.